Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is Global Impact Visionary Leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here once again. And I'm really excited today because it's not just me sitting here having a conversation through spirit with you. I have a very special guest and a really dear friend of mine joining me today. We have Reverend Lisa Windsor. And before I let Reverend Lisa have a little go at speaking here, I just want to just say this woman is a gem and a significant person in my life. She's my soul sister, my my go-to person. We lean on each other hard when we need to, and we support each other. Just unwavering, unwaveringly. And I'm really, really grateful for her in my life. And today I get to share her with you. And with, with the message today we're going to talk about is looking at your life as a ministry. And so I want to introduce Reverend Lisa Windsor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I love being here. This is so fun to join mm-hmm. you today. I love having conversations with you. We, I have always said that we've always talked about like people being flies on the wall for our conversations because they're always, you know, such great depth and such we really stretch the mind in the way of spirituality and we really stretch the mind in the way of the truth or concepts or ideas or beliefs. So you're always stretching me, which I love. And we're always stretching each other. And I find that if we can have more of those conversations, I feel like we could really make a big shift in the world today. I know there's a lot going on out there in the world. And so today I want you all to just sink in and absorb the conversation and take what resonates, leave the rest behind, but just be open to stretch your mind and open your heart today. Have a little heart scrub with Lisa and I. So Lisa, can you just, let's, let's back up a little bit and and maybe you can just talk a little bit about how you started. You're the founder of modern miracles and maybe you could just talk a little bit about your spiritual path and how you got on your spiritual path and how you came to give birth to modern miracles. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's been quite the journey, and I would say so much of it has felt like a spiritual adventure, which I think that's why the spiritual path sparked so much for me, is that when I really opened up to spirituality, it was it was actually quite shocking how, uh, how tangible the experiences were, and even though if you're on a spiritual path and sometimes you try and explain your spiritual experiences to people, they might kind of give you a strange look and kind of nod their heads, but not necessarily relate. 
I came to realize that the spiritual experiences that we have are so incredibly powerful and they really are to reach us individually so that we have a clarity and grow faith and trust in it. So I started out on my path without spirituality. Actually, I didn't have faith and I didn't have like a religious background or anything. Um, but I, I ended up at a time in my life where I was depressed. I felt really depressed and I felt directionless. And so signs and symbols lead us along the way. And I ended up reading some personal growth books about happiness and, um, and some things, I guess, about spirituality, although I didn't know it was directly. And so it, it takes me back to a story. I haven't told the story for so long, but it, about the one where I, you know, was standing in my living room and I just finished reading a book and it was asking me, it said, um, if you want to know something, just ask. And so I stood there by myself and asked out to, I guess, the universe at that point, um, you know, what am I supposed to do for my career? I felt totally without direction. And then I felt really silly because I was talking to the air. That's what I felt. I didn't have any kind of foundation that there was something real going on there. Um, except that later that night, I opened up a book and was just reading about the author. And she was a life coach. And when I read the description of what she did, it was like I was reading my own future resume. And I had goosebumps and I had this knowing that that was exactly what I was meant to do. And then I related it to the fact that I had asked that question earlier, which got me very afraid. I felt really frightened. I, I didn't understand what had answered. And so it was experience after experience, sort of like linking those kinds of experiences together that led to this spiritual adventure. That's why I think it felt so adventurous because it would be, you know, these experiences that I couldn't deny, but I also couldn't explain. So, um, I ended up after a few years of kind of reading a lot of spiritual books and having a lot of different experiences with meditation and different things, um, receiving A Course in Miracles, which is the spiritual text and book and teaching that I have basically devoted my life to sharing and extending the message. Um, it's beautiful because it's a universal spirituality, as you know, and um, and it's, it's what led me ultimately to creating Modern Miracles. So I'll just give a little, like, because it's, it's such a long story in terms of how Modern Miracles came, but basically on a foundational level with the course, you get in touch with your internal teacher. So in A Course in Miracles, that's either the Holy Spirit, and some people refer to the internal teacher as Jesus, because, of course, the the course has got Christian terminology, um, even though it is a universal spirituality. So the idea is to have a connection, a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, and and have that um, that light, that love guide our lives. And so I, over time, in my on my spiritual path, built a very very devoted relationship to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. And started to listen and follow the guidance that was directing me. And it had a lot to do with listening to the loving voice within. And it had a lot to do with undoing uh, the ego thought system and a thought system of guilt and fear. And eventually, after a number of years, I, I only started Modern Miracles probably about five years ago now. Um, so I was probably 
12 years into my spiritual journey, guidance started to come in step by step about creating modern miracles. And it was just one thing at a time. The name came in and then a few days later it was, you know, choose to um, register the website name and slowly but surely people started to come in in terms of clients and it um, and modern miracles emerged on my path as as this incredible business that I was holding now. Um, and it's been an incredible blessing. Um, one of the things we're talking about ministry today, and one of the most incredible parts of, of the, the emergence of Modern Miracles was when I was building my website, uh, I was doing it very intuitively. I, was, I didn't know actually what, I was, what Modern Miracles was going to be. So I thought, well, definitely life coaching because I'd, I'd done my training with that and, um, and spiritual mentorship because you know, I've been mentoring lots of people on their spiritual paths along the way and workshops and retreats and things. And then one day I got this email from an organization and they asked if I could create a minister training program so that um, people could become registered ministers in different places in British Columbia and different places. And um, it, was, it, was, it was almost as if Jesus had sent me an email to my inbox. That's how I felt. Because when I checked in with myself about, well, could I... Could I put together a minister training program? It was, all, it was as if my entire life had prepared me to say an absolute yes to creating this program. It was like everything I had done on my spiritual path had led me to being fully um, credentialed, really. I, I, at that point, I had become a minister through another organization, and I had trained a few ministers. And it was just such an incredible uh, piece of modern miracles that I didn't ever see or imagine coming. And so the minister training program is another aspect of modern miracles. And, um, and, and what was so sweet about it, again, because I didn't know about religion. I didn't have a spiritual upbringing. I didn't really understand what ministry was. I felt that Jesus and the Holy Spirit had to teach me from like, like the preschool, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, like idea of ministry. I, I really didn't have a connection with that was. Um, and so it's been, it, in a way, I hold it in a very, I think, different definition than most of us have ever, have ever held it. Yeah, I definitely feel that for you. And, and it, I want to go back to when you gave birth or the, the, that email. I love that email. It's like, oh, it's like Jesus emailed me and said, hey, you're going to start a ministry, ministry training course. I remember that time because we had just, that's the tail end of me doing the training with you. So I, I, I became a minister. I did the ministry training and you were my facilitator for that year. And we had a powerful, I had a powerful year. I know you did have an interesting year taking me along for the ride, but I had powerful shifts working with you. And I remember you calling me and saying, you know, they, I had this invitation and, and create this ministry training. And I'm like, yeah, like, absolutely. It was just so clear in, in, even in my heart and in my mind, it was like uh, just an absolute yes. And you, it's. I love what you were saying. Is is like I, I've, like I've trained my whole life for for what you're doing now, and I believe we all have. You know, our lives 
kind of prepare us for everything that's on our path, everything in, and whether it's, you know, our heart's work or whether it's our family or whatever it is. So my definition of ministry, when I was looking at doing the ministry training, cause I was raised Catholic and I shifted out of the religion and let go of that for a long time and actually kind of denied it a little bit because I, I didn't really, I couldn't fully embrace it. So when you were talking about becoming a minister way back when, and that was your journey starting, I was curious about it, but it definitely didn't feel like for me, that's not for me. And I was really kind of like not even willing to try it on or look at it. And it slowly started to kind of creep in because your definition and the way you live and the way you integrated your experience of ministry felt completely different than anything that I witnessed growing up. And so when I was really clearly guided to do the ministry training and I was clearly guided to have you as my facilitator, I was, my intention was to unwind all the leftovers of my religious upbringing that weren't serving me and to learn to embrace, move from religion to really expanding and embracing my spirituality. And it wasn't until after that I realized all of my work I'm doing is my ministry. And my whole entire life has become my ministry. So I love when you're talking about redefining ministry. And so can you talk a little bit more about that, expand a little bit more on that and how people can actually start to look at their life a little differently from that perspective? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I had some really funny moments with, with the inner guidance because I, I heard things like, everyone has a ministry. And to me, I was like, that's crazy. Like to think, uh, to me, ministry was like a word of like, it was, it was, it was just directed at those certain people that were going to do that for, for a job or that had that calling. And I really felt Jesus was communicating like everyone has a ministry. He, and he would say things like, it's your family, it's your friends, it's the people that show up in front of you, it's the people that you walk by on the street. He's like, that is your ministry. Because what the definition that came down was, was that it is the way in which we are inspired to extend God's life in our lives, how we are asked to extend love. And so it became about all the relationships and not just the ones, for example, that I would have with Modern Miracles. It came, it came through um, in all of the ways that I was asked to, to show up and serve in my life. And so, and then I, and I could see that very clearly when I looked at it that way, that of course everyone has a ministry because we're all asked to serve in our relationships and in different, in different capacities in our communities and life. Um, we don't necessarily look at it as our ministry, but what could change in our experience if we did see it in that light, where all of a sudden that we are here in service to God's plan, whether it be with our children, our spouses, our friends, our, you know, the people, our coworkers, that all of a sudden we are, um, we are looking at this as our part in God's plan. And so I, I have to say this, this is so, this is so funny. So I personally, I have a minister training program. It's called the Modern Miracles Minister Training Program. And last year, 
I was having a conversation with Jesus, which I do often. And I said, really, Jesus? Like, can we change the name? Because I feel like it feels like it would block so many people from coming to the program because in a sense, it's like people will come out of my minister training program and they may never do formal ministry work. They could just, they, uh, some of them do, some of them do do ministry work in the world in, in, a, in a defined way. And many of them don't. It, it becomes just like a walk of extending that love in, in a major capacity in their own lives in whatever form it's given. And of course, um, it, the name change did not come in. And it's kind of being clarified for me now. It's like, it does feel like an important idea that we're, that perhaps there's more of a universal shift needed for us to change our mindset about these words and allow for perhaps our part in God's plan and to see that we all have an important part to play, an essential part to play. We all have a ministry that's given us to serve and to love and to learn from. Yeah, and and my ministry is clearly heart-led living. Of course. Even even when we talk about life by divine, you know, we we can use those, those, the word divine, God, the universe, source, we can use all of those words interchangeably depending on what's comfortable for the individual. But really when it comes down to life by divine, it's like offering over your life and saying, okay, use me, guide me, direct me, allow me to be that messenger of love let me be the lighthouse and provide you know the the voice that people need to hear the message that they need to receive whatever it is maybe it's a hand that needs to be reached out and and they can they can take my hand and walk beside me for a while whatever it is for me it's like i offer you my everything mm-hmm. and i love when you talk about ministry not necessarily being connected to religion and not being necessarily even connected to the, the language of religion. Ministry is just being of service in the world in whatever way you're meant to. And being of service can be like, you may be a janitor and that's your ministry. And you may be, you know, and I love what's happening right now. The one thing about COVID-19 is there's so much gratitude for people that you didn't have gratitude for before. Like, you know, um, garbage collectors, people that are working retail, you know, the grocery store clerks, the people that are at the gas stations, the bank tellers, like all those people that are still essential workers, nurses, doctors, all those people that are on the front line still doing the work, even during the shutdown, where there's so much gratitude. They're doing, they're living their life. That's their ministry. And, And you can see how devoted a lot of them are to that work. You can see how that just with the change in the circumstances that now they're seen as serving a higher purpose that they're right where they become essential workers in essential in, in essential services to serve the greater community and the greater good. It was always that way. They were always serving an essential part. We just didn't see it that way, right? So how incredible. I don't think we'll ever be able to, I don't think we'll ever be able to go back to the old mindset that those things don't matter or that they're less than or whatever, you know, whatever category we may have placed them in. Um, it's, it's very healing and helpful for, um, to see. And you're right. That's exactly what it is, is that they are ministering to so many in the roles that they are playing. And it, there is no hierarchy um, and when it comes to serving um, God's love and his plan, it's 
for him, in, in the sense of being guided, like you were saying, um, sometimes we're guided to smile at someone or to, you know, to not react when we could or to, um, you know, to go to a certain store to support that store. We just feel inspired to that certain store and maybe not to the one we usually go to where the price is less or whatever it is that feels inspiring. There's so many ways in which we are extending God's love and ministering to whoever we're asked to. Um, and it would never necessarily be seen as defined as, um, you know, our part in God's plan. So mm -hmm. it's very expansive. Mm -hmm. I love the, the idea to like living, living on purpose. So it's like, you know, I love all of, there's so many people that are like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how to find my purpose. So I'm like, start following your heart. Listen to that inner voice. Listen, you know, follow the divine and, and it will lead you to what you're meant to do when you're meant to do it and how the, the thing that people get so caught up in, in the way of purpose is they're looking for like one purpose or one thing or, or something tangible or concrete. And really it's, it, like you say, it's like ministry is, is a way of being. It's a state of being in life. It's a way of being in life. And when we look at living life by divine, we're really allowing the divinity or love to animate our lives, to animate us. And therefore that's what we're extending. So there's a great surrender in that. And it's not always easy. <laughs> There's a huge surrender. surrender. Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the um, simplest places for us to start, but not an easy place for us to start, is the idea that God has not messed up our plan. Like where we are, he hasn't made a mistake with you. He hasn't made a mistake where we are. Where we find ourselves in this moment today with the people that surround us, with the job that we have, with the money that we have, is our classroom, is our classroom for remembering who we are and for embracing our ministry. And so much we wait for external changes. Like when I find that purpose, like that as if the purpose is something outside, some external thing. It's not it. I, I really realized that because when I was when I discovered that it was that I was meant to be a life coach, I actually became a life coach. And as you know, I had a coaching studio and everything was in alignment with that. And it wasn't it. It was an aspect of the whole, but it wasn't, it wasn't it in terms of where I was heading or the greater purpose of my life. And so I had to walk away for a time. You know, I had to walk away and go deeper into the spiritual path to discover that it's, it can take its part, but it really wasn't it in itself. It wasn't something external I was seeking for. Even if I had the externals in place, there was still something that felt missing on the inside. And it was, I think, the feeling that I am fulfilling my purpose. Like, uh, it's quite an amazing thing when we know that we're in alignment with our purpose. We're no longer trying to fill it. it we, are, we feel at peace with showing up in our lives. So, um, to me, it's the best news to say to people, listen, like your life is in right alignment for where you find yourself today and God's presence is here and you can tune into your heart right now and start following it right now and start following it. In fact, it's been speaking to you all along, but you're probably not listening. I mean, you can tell you haven't been listening if you're sad and upset and disillusioned. Right. It's like, it's, it's so, it's so beautiful. Like it's so easy when people come into the space because it's like, no, your life is perfect. That's exactly what we want to work with. 
instead of feeling like, okay, we've got all this work to do to fix your external life. I go, oh no, that's too much work. Let's just embrace it as it is now. Not necessarily what people want to hear, but it is a play. It's a, it's a starting point for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, when we talk about kind of finding our purpose versus living with purpose, it's a feeling of purpose, right? So it's, like I said, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's the feeling behind what you're doing that we're really capturing with, the, with living on purpose and living, living your life as a ministry. Yeah. Now, your life is, is unique in the sense of, in that time you said you took a step back and you kind of deepened your spirituality, but you also had four children in that time. <laughs> right. There was another calling. Yeah, there was another calling happening at the same time. So that so can you speak a little bit about family as a ministry as well? Mhm. Yeah, I would say at this point I am now um as you know a, a single parent of four kids and um I was actually just speaking to one of my clients today about this about how I have my modern miracles work which is um which is so inspiring and and such an incredible like part that I get to play in, in this whole plan. And when I complete my calls and I, and I'm complete for my work for the day, I have four incredible kids waiting upstairs for me and I am ministering to them full time. You know, it's just like there's work and then there's me ministering to my kids. There is a call with a capital C when I say call and a purpose with a capital P that says these are the ones assigned to me to care for, to walk with, to be beside, uh, to, to feed, to clothe, to provide for. And um, I really struggled. I, I, I will admit this. Like I really struggled along the way with having four kids and being on a very deep spiritual path because for a long time, the reflections were of people that, that weren't bound in a family setting. There were, they were traveling the world and living in community and they were, seemed free. And I kept saying like, what's going on? I've got this incredible call to wake up and to, and to be free and to follow my heart completely. And I've got these four kids that are like, they, they were, I mean, the level of need, the level of distraction, the level of everything that had to go into that. And it took a while for me to get to full surrender. I kept thinking maybe God made a mistake here. It seemed, it didn't seem, it seemed too contrasted for the two to go together. But one day when I was on my knees, once again, uh, around the subject, I heard the voice of love within me say, your kids are essential and you cannot wake up without them. And ever since that moment, I I, because I felt like I had heard it directly. <laughs> I heard it directly from source that said, yes, there's been no problem. There's been no, no, no mistake. You were meant inspired to have a big family and you were, and, and you can embrace them fully. There was such a permission I then gave myself to show up in a, in a major capacity, but absolutely they are, they are my ministry right now. They're in their teenage years. So, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to grow past that. They're going to become adults. There's going to be different phases in my life where my ministry shifts and changes. But for these last years and this so much of the foundational part of my spirituality, my backdrop has been raising from all the way from having the babies to raising them as little ones to now we're in the teenage years. And I, I, I feel like I'm such an advocate for healing and awakening within the family because that's been my experience. And it 
it's a very difficult classroom because there's a lot of uh, healing opportunities and forgiveness opportunities. There's a lot of triggers within our families. There's all these things that happen. And yet, um, there's just a deep trust that, of course, this is, of course, this is the perfect plan uh, for my healing. And so much is healed. I mean, I have incredible relationship with all four of my kids. I mean, we, we just, there's so much love and appreciation in that classroom. Yeah, I definitely have learned a lot from you in, in the connection between family and working with your kids and bridging the spirituality and bringing it back home. I remember a lot of my work, it was, again, it was separate. It's like, oh, I'd go to my studio and my work was there and my, my work was with my clients and, you know, with you. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, it felt like I was living two lives for a while. And I remember the moment when I came home and I said to my husband, I'm like, I need permission to just be me at home, like just to speak my language, to, to bring it all home because he doesn't, he doesn't believe in God. He has different beliefs, right? So he doesn't have, he doesn't hold the whole, you know, the, the idea of, of heart-led living and all that kind of stuff. He just is so different. Although he's heart-led, he doesn't call it that. So I needed a, I needed a bridge. I needed to bridge it and I needed to give myself permission. So I'm asking him for permission. I'm like, actually, I just need to give myself permission. He's like, yeah. Because he's always like welcoming me to just be me. He's always accepted me. But it was me connecting that and bringing it home. That was really powerful. And and that shifted everything. And I I listened to you a lot when we were on the phone and your kids would come in. And I I was listening to your conversation. I was listening to how you educate them. I was listening to how you connected with them. I was listening to how you would speak to them and and integrate some of the, the spiritual work. And that was a life, that was a classroom for me, just listening to you teach your kids when I happen to be like a fly on the wall, you know? Uh, so and I, the other thing I want to talk about too is go back to that piece where you said, I remember, I remember you made, you called me after that moment where you were like, you got that download and you're very clearly like, you cannot wake out without, you cannot wake up without your kids. And that was a big question mark in a lot of people's lives that I work with, including mine, is like, is this possible? Can I do this? And you'd see examples of, you know, those spiritual gurus and teachers, there were all these lone, like, they were on their own, they didn't have their families, they didn't have all of the external kind of, you know, challenges and triggers and things like that. So I always talk about like, you know, moving to a a cave and I can move to a cave and wake up, but, but to put me back in my life and, you know, I'll get triggered and, and life will happen and bump up against my leftovers. So it was very freeing for me too, when you got that message to realize, okay, not everybody is meant to leave their family to go wake up. And in fact, they're actually meant to wake up within it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this will find some great peace in knowing that because it's easy for the ego to come in and create doubt and, and I guess worry and be even be afraid. Like mm-hmm. I remember a time when everything was kind of falling away and I'm like, oh, everything's going away. Like my goats were going away. Like, you know, all the things were going away. And, and then I remember talking to you and I'm like, don't you take my penny, which is my chihuahua. And I'm like, I was, I was cursing at spirit. I'm like, don't you dare give me guidance to get rid of my dog. (laughs) It's just like anything but that, or no, don't let me take, you know, I don't want to leave my family. Like 
our fears actually end up blocking the guidance because even if the guidance isn't that, we just don't want to hear it. So then we end up kind of pushing it away or blocking it. So it's, it's powerful to hear kind of your process and, and also for me to witness all your growth and kind of our journey together has been absolutely an adventure for sure. <laughs> it really has. And it's been such a blessing. I feel like in a way, a long time ago, I got that I have to, you know, actually really both of us, we really have to pioneer this path of, of having this really strong call to awakening within the family. And, um, and it's interesting because I actually, I, I have gone through a divorce and, and in the end, I just feel, um, I feel like I, I, I feel so like, um, contented with my experience in the marriage and my movement out of the marriage and so reassured every step of the way I was, I mean, I, I, I moved with spirit through the, every step of the process. And so there's not, and, and did my healing. And so I'm not, I'm left with gratitude about where I am today, um, with my kids. And you said something funny, um, about, um, how you came home that day and you said, can I, can I be me? Can I be myself? And one of the things people ask me sometimes is they, they ask me about how I teach my kids, um, spirituality. And I, I always come back to, it's quite funny. Like I say, well, I demonstrate, I demonstrate love and forgiveness and healing. And I demonstrate because I will tell you, they don't want to hear about God. And so of recent, you know, my, my oldest son, he, um, he doesn't believe in God, which I, I, I make jokes about. I must've failed, failed miserably in this whole spirituality thing. Cause my kids, and, and he's not alone. I, there's more, they're really suspicious. They don't really know if this whole God thing is, is, is real. And so I say to them, Hey, I didn't believe in God until I was in my twenties. I had to have real experiences around it. Um, but we have this most respectful, loving relationship. And when you had said, you know, you just have to be you, I think that's where I get to extend love to my kids and say, like, I don't need to change you. I don't need you to be something else. Uh, you get to be, you do you. I get to do me. We're like freeing them to follow their hearts, to find their way, to even come to their own clarity about these decisions and, the, and, and their relationship with God or their relationship with their own spirituality is just... It's so amazing. Like it, there's so much, um, it's just love, right? It's just love to feel that we can be where we're at and embrace it and, um, and be loved there and be loved there. So, um, yeah, there was just a little clarity for me and saying, Oh yeah, that's what I've been doing is just freeing them to, um, just be where they're at with the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's curious with our kids. Like, so with, with Hayden too, he doesn't believe in God and I'm like, well, what do you believe in? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so he just doesn't have anything. And uh, I remember one time he asked me, though, he goes, Mom, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no, he asked. I think he asked my husband first. He asked Steve, do you believe in ghosts? And Steve's like, no. And he's like, Mom, do you believe in ghosts? I'm like, yeah, I talk to them all the time. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's so, so opposite. But we're so accepting of each other, like all of us. Even Sarah, she's, you know, she's, she kind of has her own way. My daughter has her own way of kind of being being with herself and, and within herself. And she's really like so, so solid, but again, the language is different and, and we just, you know, but we, we all find a way to, to connect. We all find a way to accept each other. We all find a way to, to belong right within the yeah, family. Exactly. We all have our part to play and, and our parts are all different. And that's the same thing with your ministry in the world. 
You have a part to play. It's an essential part. It looks different than everyone else's, but it's, it's all of our parts are contributing to the healing of the whole. Every part is essential. Every part is, is contributing. And, and when we can live on in purpose or on purpose or feeling purposeful in everything that we're doing, then it's like we're just showing up and, and being of service in whatever way in that moment. And that's the greatest gift, really, for us and for everyone. It, it makes life so much easier. We don't have to figure it out. We spend well, a lot really, of time trying to figure it out. We do, and it really reels us back into the present moment where our real purpose is to be in alignment with that loving voice and being in alignment with our heart. And when we are there, um, we're not questioning what else we should add on to it? We're, we're, you know, we're not we're not seeing from a place of lack. We're just present and and in our purpose. I would say it's just so it's so simple when we're there, and it's so actually natural when we're there that I think most people almost miss it. It's like they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, probably because when you're there in that purpose and you're in that presence and you're just sharing love and you're just feeling like your most authentic you, it's, it isn't, it, it's, it, it's kind of everything, but it's like the simplest thing in the universe. And that, that's kind of it. So there's a lot of like coming out of our, out of this mindset of like, a, even like a future enlightenment or a future fi finding something out there seeking for something the seeking ends when we accept that our purpose is in the present in in the choice to to live with what our heart is saying now you know we then we're not seeking forward we're we're landing back in the present moment that's what ministry is to minister is means you're present with in, in connection with that loving source you can't minister from from a, from a headspace, from a from getting caught up in your thinking, from trying to plan out things on your own. It really comes from present moment connectedness and being able to just extend that loving message and essence. My, my one of my favorite things is when you just said, you know, our parts are essential. Every one of us has an essential part to play in God's plan. It does not matter the form. And when, even if you're listening to this, your part is essential, even in just being the listener of this, even in just being the listener, your part is essential. And when people come onto calls and, and they don't say anything, they just come on and, and I just say, thank you for your presence, for your essential part. And, and when we, when we widen that idea, it's like in the interconnectedness of all things, everyone is playing their essential part in God's plan. And there is, it is not for us to judge what that is. In fact, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are starting to say, you all have a ministry. You all have a part. Accept your function, your purpose now by listening and following your heart. I believe it's more, we get so caught up in the doing that mm -hmm. what you're talking about is just, it's more about the being. So people think purpose is doing and, and ministry is doing, but it's really a state of being. And it becomes more about being in the doing, but the doing becomes inspired action. It becomes guided. It becomes in, in flow. It becomes in alignment with what you're being directed to do. It's like following the directions, like a recipe step-by-step, step. not 10 steps ahead, not trying to figure out what's going to happen later, 
It's being fully present to here and now and saying, okay, what now? What would you have me do now? And that's that beautiful divine surrender and, and our willingness to listen. And I, you said something really important and I, I want to go back is you talk about people missing it. And I'm like, I don't want them to miss what you talked about missing it because it's so important that I think a lot, it's sometimes so subtle and such a whisper or such a, um, like a caress of love or connection that we are waiting for something bigger, waiting for like you standing in the living room going, what's this all about? And then you feel kind of embarrassed because you didn't get an answer right away, but you certainly got an answer later when you were open to receiving it in a different way. So when we can make those connections consciously, we, when we can be open and then aware enough that we can connect those, those link, those experiences, the, the asking with the answer, or the the nudge with the knowing so when we can align with that and and really tune into those whispers and be present with them then that's when the real miracles happen that's when we really start to see our life shift in extraordinary ways yeah it's really it's really beautiful it it comes it really comes from a different mindset it really comes from a mindset where we stop trying to drive our lives on our own because a lot of the time when we ask a question, we're just asking the ego self for, for some past answer that, you know, we'll, we'll fill in the blank that we keep filling in the blanks. Um, instead of asking a sincere question to the spirit and being open to his answer to the answer that comes that's where things really start to shift when we get into a sincerity about really saying, I have a part in God's plan. I can connect in with my inner source and ask for direction, ask for guidance, but I can't be the one deciding. I, it's, like, it's like we grow in, in the willingness to be patient and to trust and to have faith that the answers will come, but we don't build trust until we allow for the answers to be given. And the ego's very quick at wanting to fill in the blanks and just decide on its own. So, yeah, when you're speaking about, like, asking the question and then being aware that the, the answer comes or, like, feeling the nudge and then feeling the moment of that inspired action coming in, that brings an incredible that's – the, that's the spiritual adventure dimension to it where you really feel carried, where you feel activated, where you go from this, when you're in a state of that beingness and you feel that inspired action step and you can't stop yourself. You don't, you feel like you, you, it just, it's just happening. And it's just, and I like to say around the family that I get inspired action to put a load of laundry on, you know, that's included, which I think is, is quite remarkable or to like go and start dinner. It's like, and what it's going to be and what I'm going to make. So even within the context of just being home, doing the things uh, there's such a care and there's such a clarity of moving through the day. How, and that's how everything starts to fit together and everything fits because, it, the, of course, the Holy Spirit's, you know, holding the whole divine plan and knows all the parts and pieces that fit together. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things that, that I came into my awareness when you're talking and memories back when, when one time you said, I said something about, you know, well, what about paying bills? And blah, blah, and you're like, spirit knows everything. Like you, you, you tell me that spirit can like, you know, do this, that, and the other, but it can't, like it can produce miracles, but spirit can't remember when your bills are due. <laughs> it's just like, it made me laugh because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So everything can be handed over. Everything can be 
allowed to to like that that surrender to to be guided around and that and I love that that was really yeah. powerful the other thing that I was reminded of that that really changed the experience of prayer for me was you said that true prayer is listening mm -hmm. yeah. and I think that a lot of people they ask, they ask, they ask, they pray, they pray, they pray, they want, they want, they want, and then we forget to listen. <laughs> it's like, so that, those words just really, they, they, they struck me deeply and they stuck with me. Um, that true prayer is really a practice of listening. In, in, in a way, um, this is, this is, I mean, I think it's just such a wake up for so many of us is that prayer is not an asking or a demanding or a wanting because often when we're asking and we're demanding and we're wanting, we think we know what's best for us. We think we know what to ask for and what to demand for and what we think we know what we need. And so when you remember that the Holy Spirit already knows your plan and there's, he would not withhold your heart led plan from you. He would not withhold that from you. Then we can, we can join him in a deep place of trust and listening and just let him reveal it. And so, you know, so, so much of our prayer time is taken up by us being noisy, right? We're not listening at all. And so it's a huge shift to realize you need not ask, you know, you're, it is given you just for who you are. It is given you, um, but you must listen you and you must learn to listen to the right voice in the mind and to um, and, and, and to let go of, of hearing from the, the ego's point of view. Right. You well, have that's to, a, like a lot of prayers. I think a lot of people have the, the wants coming from the ego. It's like what we want out of fear, <laughs> what we want from from a place of lack or limitation or yearning from that place of wanting to fill a void. So I think a lot of prayer can come from that the ego hijacking it as well so i love that you were kind of took a moment to kind of discern the the voice of spirit and yeah. then there's the voice and, of that's right and and also that there's stepping stones around this like the holy spirit recognizes that we're not some of us aren't ready to just go into a space of listening that we're still you know we're still too afraid that what we care about or what we value or what we think we need is going to be overlooked if we don't ask and so there is stepping stones around it. I mean, I went through a phase where my prayers were of asking and it seemed, it just seemed a little inconsistent. You know, sometimes I'd see, there would seem to be answers and other times there wasn't. Whereas when we let go of our own agendas, um, then there, there is no inconsistency. It's just consistently given what is for our highest good. And that's what we're listening for, mm -hmm. which I think calms us down and um, places us in um, a greater space of peace when we really know that we're, that were that were looked after which reminds me of something before i could teach about ministry and minister to people my very first lesson was allowing the holy spirit and jesus to minister to me and learn that level of self-love and self-care and include myself and heal my mind that was years of willingness to let myself be ministered to let myself be cared for realize that I was so loved and supported and when I had received the miracles and the gifts of that that's when I you know in a large way now extend that um you know I extend that throughout the day now it's it's such a focus but for a long time I was told you can't minister like clearly and, and consistently until you allow yourself to be ministered to and then through, which was 
cool because that means every one of us is included in the healing and we have to accept the love and the grace of God and the miracles for ourselves so that we have them to give so that we have them to give. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Let, let me, let's take some time before we have to wrap up. I want, I want you to talk about the ministry training and you know, like who's it for? Why would they take it? I know for me, it's like, you know, I definitely would say anybody who's curious about it and, and wants to dive in, you don't need to, it's not about the outcome of becoming a minister. And it's the experience that you take people through that's really powerful. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And so my ministry training is really based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles. And so I, I, most people that come, some of them are newer students to the course. You know, they, they've, they've had that spark. It's come into their lives. And, and many of them have been students of the course for a long time. And it really ultimately is about learning to live the teachings. So moving from um, a book and these ideas to actually a lived experience of being able to be in touch with our inner teacher. It's about undoing the ego. It's about the deepest, the deepest form of forgiveness. And um, it's about inner peace. It's about being happy. It's about fulfilling our purpose, even though that purpose outcome, like you're saying, is not necessarily that we do ministry work. But yet, from our definition, of course, we would be doing ministry work. It, it feels like that. Absolutely. Because it's your whole life. Yeah. Because it's our lives and it's what and it's what we're here to do. And we do feel that we're playing our part in God's plan. I've had um, my, my ministry program is actually it's it's 365 days. It's one year. It starts January 1st of each year. It ends December 31st of each year. Um, and that coincides with the workbook of A Course in Miracles, which is 365 lessons, one for every day of the year. So to, so to, really, um, to really embrace and fully move through the whole curriculum of the course. Uh, funny enough, this year I've had many people now do a second year. There's lots of people that are, um, they're, just, they're just feeling guided to, to keep going and to, and to stay in that, in that really supportive container um, where we consistently are recognizing that the Holy Spirit is in our mind and that we are practicing listening and following and practicing deep discernment. We're also listening, we're also learning the most important uh, skills you need in ministry. Things like being able to listen to the voice for God, uh, discernment, the practice of true forgiveness, um, being able to speak heart-led, um, there's so many, there's so many things that are learned in terms of skills, holding space for people, um, and learning to be non-judgmental in those spaces. There, uh, com the communication level, intuitive development is just huge in terms of, um, this pathway. And so it, it's, it's a very interesting course to market, um, ultimately because, um, I can't convince anyone around this. It's really, I get called at times to share about the experiences, um, I often ask past students to share when they feel inspired, um, but people are guided to the program. They, they, they feel a call with a capital C. And I guess right now, part of the message is breaking through some of the um, limitations in terms of the word ministry to really open it up. Because I would say it's meant to be opened up to maybe a wider group of people that wouldn't have thought of themselves as ministers and yet feel this call um, to really serve God's plan and to really live a deeply spiritual path. And so um, it's, such a, it's such an amazing program. I really feel like it's Jesus's classroom. It's the Holy Spirit's classroom. I am like have the honor of facilitating it. Um, 
it kind of shifts and changes through the year because it's spirit led. Um, but the container and the consistency of us doing a course in miracles together and learning to walk together and that support is, is really incredibly important on the spiritual path. And the thing that I love about it is it's, it's an intimate group. It's a small group, a number of people that you work with. And there's like, it's more like hands-on live experiences. Let's bring your life classroom to the table and let's look at it and use it and then go off and integrate those tools and integrate the lessons. So it's a very, very much an experiential classroom and then, then extended into your, your life and kind of creating that, that bridge. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's highly supportive because there's one-on-one mm-hmm. like, -on -one mentoring, there's, there's classes, there's workshops, there's, there's group work, but it's, it, it is a lot, it's live and it's, it's, it's very much about working in with the classrooms that each person is in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm curious because, you know, we talked about A Course in Miracles. So those that don't know about A Course in Miracles, it is 365 lessons. And I know you've done the workbook many times. Do you even know how many times you've gone from one to day, day one to day 365? It's got to be at least like 20 times. Uh, I, I don't know. So it would probably be, I think I've been, um, I feel like I want to say like 18 years on the path. So I mean, probably 12 maybe yeah, something like yeah. that. I mean, I can I continue to do it every year cause I do it along with the students. There's also a text, there's a manual for teachers in the book. So that gets read every year. It's, it's, it's quite remarkable. It's a incredible curriculum for awakening. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I definitely yeah. found that for you, you've really landed in that curriculum. And I, I love seeing you kind of do it over and over and over again, because you're deepening every time you're deepening. And, and even the idea of people doing the ministry training twice. It's like, it's a deepening that happens every time you pick it up and, and continue to do the lessons. So I love yeah. that. So how do people get a hold of you? How can they connect with you and learn more about the ministry training if that's what they're feeling called to do? Yeah. So I have a website. It's modernmiracles.ca. And um, there's a, there's a page for the ministry training on there. I think under services, you go onto services and under that is the ministry training page. You can connect with me through, you can join my newsletter on there, um, which I send out just once a month with some, you know, an inspiring blog article and to keep connected and also just connecting in um, if if it is a thought because the ministry training doesn't start until January, um, it's sometimes wonderful for people to come in and start to connect in, maybe start with some one-on-one -on -one mentorship or some group coaching just to, just to kind of get going or even have a discovery session with me where they can, um, they can even just be working with the course on their own. Um, but you know, exploring and deepening with that. Mm -hmm. So connect with me. I'm so happy to have a discovery session with you and just explore if it feels like a direction and you will be led and you will be guided um, if it's something that is meant to um, land on your, uh, on your screen and in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and having this conversation with me and sharing. I, I really feel it's important, especially right now to, for everybody to, just shift their perspective about their own personal life, but also about what's happening all globally. There's, there's a, a massive healing that's happening on a global scale. And, and a lot of people are really feeling 
uh, a call to have a different perspective. So I love the ministry. Your life is a ministry. So thank <laughs> yeah, you. thank you so much for having me. It's just mm. been a joy to join yeah. with you. Today. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. I see you. I honor you. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Love and blessing. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.